Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. You know what I always say, everyone. Definitely tell a friend. Word of mouth does everything for me. Please help me spread the word. Please give me five stars on Apple Podcasts and write a review for extra good karma. When I was on the sales training podcast, they were really impressed that I had 16 ratings and reviews for my small podcast. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, When you do this for me, it helps other people find the podcast and rank higher in Apple Podcasts. So, you know, just click on those five stars. So thank you so much. And uh, we're going to move on to the topic today. It's going to be very free-flowing. So, you know, normally I have a super big outline, but we will see how this goes. I've just been thinking about how serious some of my episodes have been lately, which is a good thing, and I think they've turned out well. But I want to kind of keep it a little lighter today, especially with Halloween coming up next Sunday. So exciting. One of my favorite holidays, obviously for you guys too, because it's our link to the spirit world. It's when the veil is thinnest. So, you know, definitely get out all your divination tools and and conjure up anything you want to conjure up on that day or All Saints Day, the day afterwards, obviously put a white light around you before you do it. So, you know, just say for the highest good. So you make sure you're attracting what you should be attracting. So let's talk about Jennifer's ghost stories today. That's me. That's a topic. First, I want to talk about the difference between a ghost and a spirit. A ghost is someone who died who a lot of times don't know that they've died. They're still wandering around the place that they're attached to or wandering around the person that they're attached to. In other words, a ghost has not passed over. Then you have a spirit. A spirit has passed over. So a spirit has gone through that white light experience. They've passed over and they come back and they roam freely. It's usually a positive thing. They want to see their family and friends and be there for whoever they need to be there for. Now, I don't want to say a ghost is negative and Hollywood, it's definitely portrayed as negative and and dark. I don't want to necessarily say that because if this ghost is attached to, let's say, a person's home, they may not know what they're doing, right? They, They just, they don't, they don't know they're dead a lot of the time. So it's really not their fault. So they're not trying to be negative or scare you or do anything. They just don't know what's going on. So for all intents and purposes for this episode, I'm just going to use the word ghost and lump it with ghost and spirit, even though they are two separate things. And those of you who are very experienced in the supernatural world, I know you know, or in the paranormal world, I know you know there's a difference. So just if you ever meet anyone who's really paranormal and you start using the word ghost, know there's a separation. Ghost versus spirit. But again, today I'm just going to use the word ghost. I was always into ghosts, and I have a feeling a lot of you were too, if you're like me and, you know, you like to explore the dark sometimes, or, you know, you were into the paranormal as a child. I was big into the paranormal as a child. I was big into ghosts, but I still had that fear of them, even though I was kind of like, okay, I'd love to see a ghost, but then there's part of me that just, I was too scared. And then I started to open up my abilities to it probably as a teenager and definitely, definitely in college. 
I have the ability to hear, smell, and feel touches from ghosts, but I have no sight, meaning I cannot see ghosts because there's a lot of people that, probably some of you, that can see ghosts. I cannot. I do not have that ability. I had talked to a friend of mine who may be listening to this episode, and she's amazing, and she's a mentor, and she said that she was not able to see ghosts or spirits until she got her master Reiki attunements. So I found that really interesting. My attunements in Reiki are, I'm Reiki too. I'm always curious to know if I do get those master Reiki attunements, if the same thing will happen to me, because I have all the other senses, but I don't have that. There's part of me where I still have a little bit of a fear where I wake up and I see a ghost, I see a spirit standing at the end of my bed, would I freak out? It's becoming less and less with age. So as I become more open to that, I'm also wondering if I will be able to see them sooner than later. Either way, it it doesn't matter because it will come in its right time if it ever comes. It may never come. I never may be able to see a spirit and same with you you know it's it's something that may never happen in this lifetime it's not a gift you need to be given I think it'd be kind of cool to have that ability and I'm always really fascinated with people who are mediums and and just are so good at that my earliest ghost story is my grandmother lived with us this is my maternal grandmother she lived with us from I mean I must have been age you know zero basically to age 17 when she passed away around the age of 85 I was a junior in high school and I was very close to her I was extremely close to her at the end it was really really tough to be close to her and I have to say as a teenager I did not handle it well the Jennifer of today would have not done that but she had dementia and I didn't know how to handle it and I was a teenager and I had a lot going on and you guys know what happened with you know the trauma I've talked about many times so I think I was confused and I was kind of just I didn't know how to deal with life at that point so unfortunately at the end of my grandmother's life I did not spend a lot of time with her but she was very attached to me and I was very attached to her And she is probably the biggest influence on my life. One of the things I do take from her is actions speak louder than words because my grandmother hardly spoke. I know that's a weird thing to say. In fact, to the point where my father and her lived in a house together for 17 years plus, and I never witnessed them have a conversation. Can you imagine? (laughs) They would say yes and no to each other. I don't think they disliked each other. It was just, she just wasn't a talker. Even with me, she wasn't much of a talker, but she showed her affection and her love through action. And that's why it's such a big deal for me. So she had a great influence on me. And when she passed away, it was hard, but you know, to me, she had already passed away years before because of the dementia and it was so bad. Probably about a month or maybe a couple months after she passed away, I started hearing this noise in the living room. Now, one thing my grandmother would do is when she was healthy, she would get up every morning. She lived in our basement apartment downstairs and she would walk the stairs around seven in the morning and she would go into the living room, sit in this one specific chair 
and she'd read the newspaper and I would hear the newspaper just, you know, the rustling of the pages, you know, just hear it. I'd wake up to it. And there were certain times after she died at night, I would hear that sound coming from the living room. I would wake up, let's say two in the morning, and it would sound like someone was reading the newspaper and rustling. And I never went into the room because I was just too young and I was too scared at the time, but I'm pretty sure she was there. My second ghost story, okay, this one's a little elaborate (laughs) and uh, definitely shows you, well, the next two show you when you are not in a good frame of mind, how that can attract the wrong energies. And unfortunately, this was something I did. So the first story I told you, my grandmother, the next two stories, they're going to be very visceral and elaborate. It was around the year 19, I'm trying to think of the year, 1998. I was a sophomore in college. I went to one of the oldest universities in the United States, which I know if you're listening in Europe, that's nothing, but for the United States, it's a big deal. And you'd hear stories about hauntings there. You would hear in the sorority row, which I never lived, there was supposedly a young woman who passed away. I believe she took her own life. This was years ago. If you hung your dress on the back of the door, apparently it would fill to form as if a human was wearing it. And you would hear these stories. And, you know, of course, I never really believed them. I was just like, okay, whatever. So I moved into this dorm room. It was a really old dorm. And weird things started to happen. It was very subtle at first. My roommate would come home and say, why, why did you leave the window open this morning? It was so cold. And I would say, I did not leave the window open this morning. And she'd say, yeah, you did, because I didn't do it. And no one else was in here. Okay. I didn't think anything about it. And then at the time, all right, so this is, this is going to get old school here. We had a VCR. And the VCR would be on. You know, I'd come in, and the VCR and the TV would be on, and she would question me on it. She was kind of, this girl was kind of anal. And she'd say, well, why is the TV on? Why is the VCR? And I'd say, I don't know. I didn't put it on. I wasn't watching TV. I haven't watched TV in a week. I've been studying for midterms or finals or whatever. And she would just kind of get annoyed at me and say, well, you know, I wish you'd stop doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You don't believe me. But I didn't do it. Then I started to feel just a strange energy in the room when I was alone at times just a feeling of just not being alone or something's there just something just wasn't right I remember at one point when I was in the room alone someone had tried to open the door so imagine I'm you know in a small dorm room I'm sitting on my bunk and the door is right there and imagine someone's hand is on the other side of the doorknob, meaning they're outside trying to get in your room. The the doorknob is shaking, right? And I saw this clear as day. I jump off the bunk because I'm like, who's trying to get in the room? The The doorknob is still shaking. I open it and there's no one there. Also, we were right by an exit that went down three flights of stairs. We were right, that's where our room was. Our room was on the end of the hallway. So there is no way anyone could have escaped because it was this, either you had to run down this long hallway or you had three flights of stairs you had to go down and there was there would have been sounds you know every time we'd hear someone come in or come up or whatever you would hear it there was nothing where you'd see it so that was really weird and I started to get really scared about staying in the room and at the time I was really stressed I was 
it was just a really stressful time. I think I did not love living with my roommate. She had a weird energy. It was just a lot going on. I was stressed with midterms and finals and, you know, the whole thing. It was just a lot of stress on me. So I felt that I kept attracting this energy. So then weirder things started to happen. The windows would be left open more. All the windows would be left open. The TV's going on and off. Uh, The door, I think, shook another time. I had an incident where I was writing a paper late at night and the keys started typing themselves. Everyone asked me what it spelled out. It spelled out nothing. It was gibberish. But you could see the keys physically doing it. So I knew something was going on and I was getting more scared and I was getting more nervous and I spoke to my roommate about it and my roommate was just like, I don't know what it is, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe in ghosts. And for some reason that just beyond annoyed me. (laughs) I don't know why, but I was just so annoyed that all of this was happening in front of her and she still didn't believe in ghosts. It all culminated one night to where we were in bed about to go to sleep. It was probably around one in the morning. And all of a sudden, it was this huge, huge noise on the desk next to the bunk beds. It was, it was as if, imagine there's a desk and someone is slapping their hand twice on the desk, but angry, not happy, angry, slap, slap. And both of us jumped up, turned on the lights, did everything. I went and slept in another room. She went and slept in her friend's room. And I remember discussing it with her the next day. And she said, I just don't believe in ghosts. I don't know what it is, but I'm sorry. I just don't believe in ghosts. And that for some reason just, I don't know. I guess this is how I was back then. But I was just so angry that all of this evidence was happening around her. And she still didn't believe in ghosts because she kept going, I don't know what it is, but it's not a ghost. So I don't know. So I got really annoyed and it kind of turned me off to the person she was just because all the evidence is there. Why do you keep denying it? But I understand she also came from kind of a religious family. So maybe I should have been more understanding. But what happened was, is I ended up moving out of the room because it was right near the semester's end. It was right near finals. I said, you know what? I don't want to be with this roommate anymore and I'm kind of done and I don't want to be in this room. So I had a really close friend who also felt the same way. And we ended up each moving out and then moving in with each other next semester and then nothing happened. The the spirit didn't follow me. Later in the school year, it was probably more like spring next semester, I remember running into my friend at a party and he said to me, you know, he said, oh, I heard you moved out of your dorm room and blah, blah, blah and all this. And, And we were just talking. He said, wait a minute, did you live in Robert's room? I don't remember now, 116 or something like that. And I said, yeah. And he said, my friends lived in there the year before you and they had a ghost and they named him and they thought he was funny. He would do all sorts of weird things. And I said, oh my God. Yeah, it wasn't just me. And they had a more positive experience with the ghost and they thought it was funny. So it just goes to show you, you know, you're in a positive frame of mind or you're in a negative scared frame of mind, how that can go. So I never felt that the ghost was harmful or going to hurt me or anything like that. But I did feel that I was attracting that negative energy because I was in such a negative space. But I thought that was funny. I found out years later that they started to do paranormal investigations 
in that dorm because people kept reporting it. So wasn't just me. There's definitely a ghost there. So the next ghost story happened around 2003 in Lagos, Portugal. Lagos is a beautiful beach town. If anyone has ever gone or wants to go, you can rent a Vespa and you just go around the cliffs and it's absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. But I found it to be a really weird town in regard to the paranormal. It's one of these places where either you're staying in the five-star resort, which we had no money for at the time. It was me and my boyfriend at the time. We were both, you know, around 25, had no money. Or you stay in a cheaper hotel, which we did. So I remember pulling up to the hotel and saying, oh my God, what do we get ourselves into? Because it was this old church converted into a hotel. It was full on Amityville horror story. I mean, it was the owners were a little creepy. Uh, You walked in, everything was dark and everything was, you know, back from when this church started, the 1500s to 1600s. And it was it was no joke. Now, I think that kind of sounds cool, but it had this weird vibe in it. It was very cold. I remember it was kind of cold because Lagos is a beach town. It's warm. I remember it being sunny every day. You know, you're on the beach all the time. And this was the total opposite. It was very cold. It was very dusty. I remember that. There's weird statues everywhere. Those, you know, kind of religious statues looking at you that scare you, those type of things. So it was super creepy. And I remember we had to go upstairs and go to our room. That was creepy. I remember the room just being this, just something out of a movie set, just a very old-fashioned room like you step into the 1600s and there's your room I remember there's a bit of a musty smell to it as well I don't know we both felt creeped out and my boyfriend at the time he had metaphysical abilities even though we didn't talk about it a lot but he totally believed in the paranormal and the metaphysical and the whole thing so you could tell he was creeped out as well The strange part of this hotel is it was busy tourist season and no one else was there except us. We did not run into another guest. So I found that a little weird. Like if you're busy tourist season in one of the hot spots, this hotel should be packed. There was no one. And it was kind of like a house. So if there were other guests, we would have easily seen them, heard them. The floors would have creaked. Nothing. So the first night there, we just felt like something was watching us. You know, that feeling of you're not alone. Something's watching you. Something's not good. I remember the the room was really cold. I remember that too. Considering, you know, it's a humid beach town. The room was cold. I found that strange as well. The second night we were there is very similar to the college dorm in the sense that we heard sounds we were asleep and we were hearing these strange sounds in the room and it sounded like again almost like someone was pounding not that loud as it was in the college dorm but it sounded like someone was kind of pounding their fist lightly on there was something in front of the bed I think it was a chest and it sounded like that I woke up out of my sleep I remember my boyfriend at the time woke up out of his sleep because it was loud enough to wake us up and we were in a panic And he turned on all the lights and everything. We checked out everything. We had nowhere else to go. So we finally were just like, okay, we have to go back to sleep. But we both felt like we were being watched. We try to go back to sleep. And all of a sudden, I feel what felt like a cold hand come across my arm. 
And that's when I flipped out. <laughs> that's when I was like, you know what? No, 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 this is not working for me. And um, I just remember him turning on the lights and we kept the lights on and we pretty much didn't sleep that night. And it was it was really stressful. And I think we only spent a couple nights in Lagos. So it wasn't a big deal. That was our last night. And we checked out. At that point in our relationship, we were having a lot of problems and we were both really stressed. And so the energy, again, I believe we were attracting that energy. But I'll never forget that hotel in Lagos. It was, it was just a strange feeling. Now we're going to move on to April 14th, 2018. And I know the year and the exact date because I have pictures of it. There's a hotel in Estes Park, Colorado called the Stanley Hotel, and it was the inspiration for The Shining, the movie. If anyone's seen that, it's a great movie. It's from back in the day. I think it's the 70s. It's with Jack Nicholson. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, uh, I highly recommend it. I believe that they did not shoot the interiors there. They had a soundstage to shoot the interiors, but the exteriors, I believe they shot at the Stanley Hotel. And Estes Park, Colorado is absolutely beautiful. It's in the middle of, to me, it's in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Colorado. It's a beautiful drive. My, you know, my now husband, Craig, and I decided to go there because he's from Colorado. And I said, cool, I can see the hotel where The Shining was filmed. And I thought that was really cool. And if you look up the hotel, I believe the movie Dumb and Dumber was also shot there as well, starring Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey refused to go back into the hotel to film. And a lot of the cast and crew were staying there and he refused. He went to another hotel because he was put in the vortex room. I can't remember the number, but they put him in the famous scary vortex room for the night. And he left abruptly. I think he only stayed in that room for maybe an hour. He left. He was so terrified that he refused to film inside the hotel. And he would only do exterior shots when filming. And he will not talk about what happened. So <laughs> I was curious to see this hotel. So we decided to take the tour. And I thought it was going to be more of an architectural tour so I was like okay it'll be more architectural and historical which is fine by me I'm not really that into it but I was like cool we'll get to see it at least it's you know why not so they tell you right before you go on the tour that a lot of people get altitude sickness because you're so high in the mountains so if this happens just you know tell your tour guide and sit down and you know just relax and they'll take care of it so one of the places we start to go is in the old ballroom. It looks like a huge, huge, huge dining room with all these mirrors. And it's beautiful because it has all these windows and it looks out. The tour guide was saying that the owner is known to pop up every once in a while, meaning as a ghost. He is caught in pictures. He had this very distinct profile because there were pictures of him on the wall where he had one of those, you know, old fashioned long mustaches and one of those, not quite Abraham Lincoln, but one of those more longer angled beards. So Craig and I were taking pictures around the ballroom and we ended up seeing this owner in our pictures. And if you blow them up, you can see a distinct figure that looks exactly like him and exactly like the pictures. I want to put them on Instagram. 
But I don't think his silhouette will be seen very well on Instagram. You'd really have to blow it up to see it. So if anyone wants to see those pictures, you can email me and DM me and I'll show you how to blow them up. But there is definitely that figure. He was standing there. It looked exactly like him. And it was in the place they said he would be standing pretty much. So I felt that he was there that day. I did not feel him. I did not, you know, there was nothing spooky about it. There was nothing scary about it. Um, they were saying that the owner had a very positive experience. So in that case, I think we were talking about a spirit who, who probably loves that tourists come and see his hotel. And, and he just, I just felt he was kind of looking over the place in a good way, in a positive way. So we move on to the tour and we go to the upstairs. And by the way, the Stanley Hotel is beautiful. It's really beautiful. It has all these wooden architectural fixtures and it's it's just a really cool looking hotel. It's very grandiose. So we go upstairs. We go to the area, as I just talked about with Jim Carrey, called the Vortex. And why it's called the Vortex is because they had a fire there back in the day and all these people died. All these staff members died in a horrible way. They burned to death in the vortex in this area of the hotel and then it was part of it was rebuilt there is a room there a famous room that you can stay in and people request to stay in and is supposedly the most haunted room at the stanley and we weren't allowed to go in it because there's guests in it i guess you have to book this room a year in advance and i have no idea why you'd want to do that because (laughs) It's such sad negative energy. So we're in the vortex and I start to feel sick. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel, I, I start to feel dizzy. I start to feel like I'm about to pass out. I had to hold on to the wall. All of a sudden, I, I felt like a, just the floor was going to come out under me. I felt like I couldn't breathe. That's what I remember. I felt like I literally couldn't breathe, like I was being strangled. And remember what they said in the beginning of the tour, altitude sickness. So I said, oh, oh man, it's just altitude sickness. It's not a big deal. I just need to, you know, walk it off, whatever. So we leave the vortex and I'm fine. You know, as soon as we leave the vortex, I'm good. We're walking around and we're on the same exact level at the other end and I'm fine. I'm not having any altitude sickness. I'm doing well. We end the tour And I say to Craig, I want to go back to the vortex and take pictures because I think that would just be cool. So he said, okay, let's go back to the vortex. We go back and guess what happens? The same exact feeling. I feel like I'm being strangled. I feel like I can't breathe. I I feel dizzy. The whole thing happens again. So I can tell you right now, it was that energy. And I had to get the hell out of there. And it was funny because during the tour, before that happened, I said to Craig, oh my gosh, we should try to spend a night here and that would be so fun. Not in the scary room, but just spend a night there. Hell no, (laughs) I would not spend the night there. It is too creepy. And when they end the tour, they take you into these carved out cellars, this like basement type rock cellar thing. So that's creepy as well. So, I mean, if you want to go to Stanley, By all means, please do it, but I would do it during the daytime, especially if you're like me and you're really sensitive to the paranormal. Um, No, (laughs) that's just not going to happen for me. So that's another ghost story I've had that's just, it's kind of creepy. The funny thing is, I wasn't in a negative space at that point because 
I was so happy. I remember Craig and I, we were on this road trip and we're so happy and we're so in love and the whole thing. I mean, we're still in love now, but you know what I'm saying? It was just the early part of your relationship, right? Where you're not saying to someone, fold a towel a different way. Apparently that's what I do and it annoys them. But anyway, (laughs) you know, you're in that honeymoon phase. So I was really in a good phase in life. So it does kind of break my theory of when you're in that negative space that you're attracting that negative energy. But I just really feel that that vortex, if you are sensitive like we are, it was just too much. It was too overwhelming and we could just feel everything. So saying all that, you know, there are museums you can go to and you can see all these, I don't know, medieval torture and all that kind of stuff. I avoid it. I really do. I avoid it because I feel like I just don't want to bring things home with me. There's a very famous older insane asylum around 45 minutes away from my house and it's it's this really cool structure they tried to turn it into a college and it didn't work but it's this beautiful brick structure and it looks like an old insane asylum and apparently it's very haunted they have a lot of ghost hunters breaking in and they're very protective of the property and that kind of thing is just it's never been my thing it's never been my thing to go into a graveyard at Halloween. It's never been my thing to play with a Ouija board. I just don't, I just, I'm not attracted to doing that. I have a dark side to me, like I'll watch Succession and I'll watch The Handmaid's Tale and I'll do all that. But taking it to that level has just, I just don't want to bring something home with me because you know these things attach to you if they're negative. So I don't want to bring anything home with me. So That last incident at the Stanley Hotel (laughs) really drove that home. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to include one experience. I'm sorry. I had it written and I totally forgot to include it. Around, I'm going to say around 2015, I lived in a townhouse with my ex-fiance. So we were the middle townhouse and then there were two on the end. I'm imagining it in my mind right now. To the left, the townhouse left to us, we had this family who we didn't hear the noise but they were just a really active kind of noisy family that <laughs> the kid would work on his cars at two in the morning but we never heard it because again because of the firewall we just never heard anything and he actually came to us he was a nice kid he was like a 16 year old kid and he came to us and said hey I, I feel so bad I work on my cars at 2 a.m. you have to let me know and we said we don't hear a thing so you really couldn't hear much in that townhouse So they moved out and this old woman bought it who is very sweet, but she could not go upstairs. So the family bought it for she had a very close family. There were tons of them. They're very nice people. And she lived on the bottom floor of the townhouse because physically she could not go up the stairs. To explain that firewall separated our townhouse from the old woman's townhouse. On our side, there were stairs. And I imagine possibly on her side, because it mirrored it. I saw the townhouse once, but I can't remember. But I think there were stairs as well. So imagine stairs on both sides and that firewall in between. I would wake up at night and I would hear someone going up and down the stairs. Up and down the stairs. And my ex-fiancee at the time said to me, oh, it's probably her going up and down the stairs. We talked to the family We didn't say anything about that, but we were just talking in general. And we found out later on that she didn't have the ability to go upstairs. 
but I heard someone at night just going up and down the stairs. Now, when my ex-fiance was buying the place, the owner died in the process. And before that, her husband had died a few years ago in the townhouse. So I believe that their spirit was still there, one of them or both of them. I didn't feel a negative energy. There were definitely some weird times where my dog Tia would just be fixated on something and you could not get her to, I mean, I would wave my, she only has one eye, so I would wave my hand in front of her eye and still it wouldn't distract her. She was just fixated on something in the corner. It was always in the same corner of the house. So I felt that the spirit was there. I didn't feel it was negative. That's a situation where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't positive. It wasn't negative. It was a very neutral thing. I think one of them or both of them were attached to the house. Maybe the woman who died, the female owner who died during the the sales process didn't even know she died. So that's a story I forgot to tell you. See how many stories I have? All right, so let's move on to what's going on today. Do I have a ghost in this house? I'm going to answer that in a second, but I just want to take a little commercial break. I want to remind you guys to go to freespiritpodcasts.com, look at my products. If you feel so moved, definitely donate to this podcast. And I just want to say that I have more products coming. I'm going to have I'm working on doing a sponsorship program, which I'm just going to put out into the universe, which I think will be really good for a lot of you. And I figured out, you know, that I could be a really good connector and I am a really good connector and I want to connect the healers to the healing and I will be doing that. But I will talk about that later on because I have to develop that. But that is one thing in the pipeline. So definitely check out freespiritpodcast.com. And the other thing I want to say is definitely DM me or email me. You can follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground on Instagram. You can also follow me under my name. My stage name is J India. Just the letter J and then space and India on Clubhouse. So you can also follow me there. You can email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions for the rest of 2021. Can you believe we're rounding out the year? But I would love to hear it. We're coming to the close of season one of Two Inches Off the Ground. I'm I was looking at it and I started it last year around this time. So we're going to close out season one. I'm a big fan of starting your goals before January. So everyone's like, okay, January 1st, I start my goals. I actually like to start my yearly goals in November. So that way, as I move into the new year, my goals are there. So I have some things I'm doing in November. And uh, now that my health is on the upward trajectory, I have a lot of energy, so I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go and start doing some things. So definitely, you know, if you want to hear anything on this podcast, if you want to see any products, as I said, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Do I have ghosts today in my house? Ah, that's a good question. Good question. I feel there's a good presence here. I've definitely brought over so many, you know, Reiki people, healers. I've asked them point blank, do they feel I have an energy in this house? And they said, yes, a good energy, but they didn't feel anything in particular, a person or I I don't think I brought a medium into this house, but definitely the people who are like me and are sensitive to spirits, they said, yes, you have a very good energy in this house. 
the former owner, the wife, her father was attached to this house because this was a vacation house for them and they had a lot of beautiful memories here, you know, really fun memories that they describe, you know, the Hudson Valley summers and the sledding and the, you know, all those beautiful memories. And the father really loved the house. Whenever the former owner comes over, which is rare, but we are friends with them. They're lovely people. There's always something that happens the night before or the day before where it's it seems to me that the father is trying to send a message to her. In fact, the last time she came over the night before, the TV turned on for no reason and started to give me a whole, I don't know, a whole commercial type thing on an elevator company in New York City. And I didn't catch all of it because it was it, it did it and it came on and it was fast and then it shut off. And I told her because she's open to the paranormal and she's we, I've had talks with her. She's open to the metaphysical and the paranormal. And I told her and she said, I think my father worked at that company because it's a famous elevator company. I believe that he his presence. I believe he's a spirit, not a ghost. And that he is here watching over the property and he just loves coming back sometimes. And I'm in full support of that. Also in this house, I smell perfume in strange areas and it moves around. So, you know, it's one thing if you go into a closet. This is an old house, you know, it's from the 1930s. Part of it apparently was built in the 1700s. So obviously there's going to be some things and some smells and some quirks and some this. But it's one thing if you go into a closet and every once in a while you smell a smell in a closet, right? This smell moves around the house. And sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's really powerful. And usually you would think the weather would dictate that, right? So if it's a really humid day, okay, then you're going to smell the perfume. But it's not like that. It's like some days parts of the house will just and it'll be a small part of the house will just reek of this perfume I'll open it one day and be like whoa wow this is really powerful today and then I'll open it you know open something another day and it'll be completely gone and by the way I have I have I have a nose like a bloodhound I can smell like a dog I'm not even kidding I have that good of a sense of smell so even if there were a little trace of it I could smell it so I find that a little strange, too, as everyone, I think, knows ghost spirits are associated with smell. It's not a bad smell. It's not my favorite smell. It's an old lady perfume smell. I don't know. And it's also in weird places where, okay, it's one thing, let's say it's in the bedroom and this woman was always spraying on perfume in the bedroom. That would make sense to me. But it's not. It's in strange places. We have a staircase that people like because it looks kind of like a hidden staircase. It goes up to the attic and it's in there, which why would it be in there? And then the next day it'll move into the bathroom and, you know, a different, totally different part of the house. So it's very strange. I do believe there is a female presence here, possibly at times as well. It may be, again, the former owner's possibly her mother. I think she was very attached to the mother as well. Who knows? It could be someone else. Could be an older spirit. There were a good amount of historical families that bought this house, sold this house. So I could see that too, a former owner being attached. I don't know. But anyway, it's a really good presence in this house. And as I've told you guys before, my TV room 
is metaphysical. I've had my dog speak through the TV. <laughs> I've had a lot of messages through the TV. The other night, in fact, I went into the room because Tia, my dog, likes to lie on the couch. That's her new old lady thing to do. Everything was off. The lights were off. The TV was off. Everything was off. And I was just, you know, talking to her and I just said really quickly, I said, oh, I miss you because I was in one room and she was in another room. And all of a sudden the TV turns on and goes, I miss you too. So I feel that Tia does have the ability to talk through the TV. And if you guys saw my Instagram a while ago, I've showed you that, that she's able to talk through the TV. So we have all that going on. So it's definitely a metaphysical house in that sense, but I feel it's a positive energy. So I hope that you enjoyed these stories. They were just for fun. They were something I wanted to try. Definitely tell me if you can top me. Be that person. Be that topper. If you have a better ghost story than me, see what happens this Halloween. Again, keep things in positive. Keep things in the light, right? I'm not saying anything's wrong with the dark, but you definitely don't want to bring home an entity. You know, don't go to that cemetery on uh, October 31st and whip out your Ouija board and start doing all that. That's just asking for trouble. So what have I learned from all this, all these ghost experiences? I've definitely learned that if you're in a negative space and you're exuding negative energy, you can attract negative energy. Obviously, a law of attraction, we all know, like attracts like. But then I also noticed with the concept of the vortex, right, at the Stanley Hotel, that sometimes you absolutely don't mean to attract that, but you're just sensitive to the paranormal and you're open to it and you need to protect yourself. I didn't even think before we went up to the vortex to put a white light around me. I should have done that and I know better, but I just, it didn't even occur to me because I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't think anything was going to happen. So now I know that if someone says to me, oh, you may be walking into a haunted space or this room is known for this or something like that, I would definitely put a white light around me. I definitely will research older hotels before I go because of all the incidents that have happened. When you have a good presence like I do in my house, I embrace it. I welcome it. I welcome it. I don't think about it a lot. I think about it when the former owner comes to visit, which again is pretty rare. But when she does, I do think about it. And, you know, maybe I could do something this Halloween where I do an offering or something like that. But, you know, I just kind of keep it cool and I keep it okay. If you're watching over the house and you're having good energy and, you know, everyone who walks in the house says it's good energy, then I'm good with that. Then that makes me happy. I hope you enjoy these ghost stories. I hope you have a happy Halloween. And until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.